Okay. Hmm. Young one, now was 16 years of age. Tall, handsome, slender, but well-knit, he seemed. Active, though not so sprightly as a page. And everybody but his mother deemed him almost man. But she flew in a range and bit her lips. For else she might have screamed, if any said so. For to be precocious was in her eyes a thing the most atrocious. Amongst her numerous acquaintance, all selected for discretion and devotion, there was the Donna Julia, who to call pretty, were but to give a feeble notion of many charms in her as natural as sweetness to the flower, or salt to ocean, her zone to Venus, or his bow to Cupid, but this last simile is trite and stupid. The darkness of her oriental eye, accorded with her Moorish origin, her blood was not all Spanish, by the by, in Spain, you know, this is a sort of sin. When proud Granada fell and forced to fly, Bodil wept of Donna Julia's kin. Some went to Africa, some stayed in Spain. Her great-great-grandmama chose to remain. She married, I forget the pedigree, with a Hidalgo, who transmitted down his blood less noble than such blood should be. At such alliances, his sires would frown. In that point so precise in each degree that they bred in and in, as might be shown, marrying their cousins, nay, their aunts and nieces, which always spoils the breed, if it increases. This heathenish cross restored the breed again, ruined its blood, but much improved its flesh. For from a root, the ugliest in old Spain sprung up a branch, as beautiful as fresh. The sons no more were short, the daughters plain, but there's a rumour which I fain would, bl would hush, it said that Donna Julia's grandmama produced her don, her don more heirs at love than law. However this might be, the race went on improving still through every generation until it centred in an only son who left an only daughter. My narration may have suggested that this single one could be but Julia, whom on this occasion I shall have much to speak about, and she was married, charming, chaste, and twenty-three. Her eye, I'm very fond of handsome eyes, were large and dark, suppressing half its fire until she spoke, then through its softer skies flashed an expression more of pride than ire, and love than either, and there would arise a something in them which was not desire, but would have been perhaps but for the soul, which struggled through and chastened down the hole. Her glossy hair was clustered over a brow, bright with intelligence and fair and smooth, her eyebrow shape was like the aerial bow, her cheek all purple with the beam of youth, mounting at times to a transparent glow, as, in her, as if her veins ran lightning, she in sooth, possessed an air and grace by no means common, her stature tall, I hate a dumpy woman. Wedded she was some years, and to a man of fifty, and such husbands are in plenty, and yet I think, instead of such a one, were better to have two or five and twenty, especially in countries near the sun, and now I think on it, me vien in mente, ladies even of the most uneasy virtue, prefer, prefer a spouse whose age is short of thirty. Tis a sad thing I cannot choose but say, and all the fault of that indecent son, who cannot leave alone a helpless clay, but will keep baking, broiling, burning on, that howsoever people fast and pray, the flesh is frail and so the soul undone, what men call gallantry and God's adultery, is much more common where the climate's sultry. Happy the nations of the moral north, where all is virtue and the winter season sends in without a rag on shivering forth. Towards snow that brought St. Anthony to reason, where juries cast up what a wife is worth, 
by laying whatever sum in milk they please on, the lover who must pay a handsome price, because it is a marketable vice. Alfonso was the name of Julia's lord, a man well looking for his years, and who was neither much beloved nor yet abhorred. They lived together, as most people do, suffering each other's foibles by accord. And not exactly either one or two, yet he was jealous, though he did not show it, for jealousy dislikes the world to know it. Julia was, yet I never could see why, with Donna Inez quite a favourite friend. Between their tastes there was small sympathy, for not a line had Julia ever penned. Some people whispered, but no doubt they lie, for malice still imputes some private end. The Inez had, ere Don Alfonso's marriage, forgot with him her very prudent carriage. And that still keeping up the old connection, which time had lately rendered much more chaste, she took his lady also in affection, and certainly this course was much the best. She flattered Julia with her sage protection, and complimented Don Alfonso's taste, and if she could not, who can, silent scandal, at least she left it in a more slender handle.